This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hello there and welcome to the Bite Size Business Breakfast, the very best bits of today's show. It is a Friday, 16th of December and a busy day for you. Going to kick off with some of our top news stories. Tourism stats for Dubai, they are strong. Analysis from the team at Emirates NBD. Also looking at the most popular restaurants on Deliveroo here in Dubai. What else have we got for you? Remittances set to rise in the UAE next year. We know that because Western Union have done some research. We're going to speak to their regional boss, Hatem Sliman. Then, talking the business of sport, football World Cup this weekend, of course. Kasper Stilsvig is the chief revenue officer at AC Milan, the Italian club. They're here in Dubai to play some football matches, but he's here in Dubai to do some deals, including deals with Emirates Airline. And finally... Wrapping up our travel and tourism theme, Tom's been speaking to Rabia Yasmin from Euromonitor. They've done some research on the tourism industry here in the UAE. All that to come. First up, though, let's dive straight into our top stories. Let's get some more detail now on those interest rate stories. Uh, Two for the price of one yesterday, the European Central Bank and the Bank of England hot on the heels of the head. 50 basis points seems to be the theme of the day at the moment. We've been speaking to uh, Daniel Richards, senior economist at Emirates MBD, uh, getting his thoughts on that, but also getting his thoughts on that Dubai tourism story that we mentioned. More than doubling the number of tourists in the first 10 months of this year, still though uh, below pre-pandemic levels. This is what Dan had to say. A total of 11.4 million visitors were welcomed to Dubai over January to October. So that marks an increase of 134% on the 4.9 million visitors welcomed over the same period in 2021. That being said though, that is still around 15% below pre-pandemic levels seen in 2019. And that 15% difference in visitor numbers has been largely consistent throughout the year as the global travel industry has yet to fully recover from the effects of a pandemic. And crucially, China, usually amongst the top five largest source of visitors to Dubai before COVID, has pursued its zero COVID strategy, so limiting the numbers of Chinese visitors to Dubai. Now, tourism is a key driver for Dubai's economy, not only through more obvious channels such as hotels and restaurants, which only actually makes up around 5% of the local economy, but also through more indirect channels, it is also a key driver of construction and the wholesale and retail trade component, which is actually the largest share of Dubai's GDP. We also got Dan's take on those European interest rate hikes yesterday. 50 basis points, both from the European Central Bank and the Bank of England. Doesn't impact us as much as the United States, but it's still significant. They're big economies. Following on from the FOMC the day before, both the Bank of England and the ECB followed suit yesterday with 50 basis point hike to their respective benchmark rates at their last meetings of the year which was in line with expectations. Now, for the Bank of England, this set the bank rate to 3.5% on the back of its ninth rate hike in 2022, as the bank has looked to constrain that inflation that surged to 40-year highs. The CPI print did come down in the November print in data released the previous day, and Andrew Bailey wrote to the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt, saying that he believes that a peak had been passed. 
Nevertheless, he still cautioned that further increases in bank rate may be required. And it's a similar story for the ECB. So the, the 50 basis point hike there took the deposit rate to 2%. And uh, Christine Lagarde stressed that a slowdown in rate hikes did not represent a pivot, but there would rather be more 50 basis point hikes to come. Daniel Richards, Emirates MBD. Very quickly, staying with tourism, Tom, you were speaking to the guys from Euromonitor earlier on today, weren't you? They joined us in the studio. They've got a new list or ranking out of the world's top tourism cities. Uh, Zutalor, Dubai is not top. Uh, but let's let's take let's let's not sort of moan over spilt lit. Uh, on this occasion, let's uh, let's celebrate the fact that we are in second place. Uh, Dubai, second most attractive city destination in the world for tourism. In the world, that is. So not in the region, not in the UAE, in the world. This is according to Euromonitor's International Top 100 City Destinations Index 2022. We're going to be hearing uh, from the team from Euromonitor shortly. We're going to listen to that interview in full so they explain the details to you. But something of a double whammy for these figures. Um, yeah, Paris beating us to the, uh, the 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 title on that particular list, but also some very impressive numbers coming out from Dubai's Department of Economy and Tourism. Latest numbers and data showing that Dubai hosted 11.4 million overnight international visitors in the first 10 months of the year, up 134% from same period previous year. Emirates' 10-month performance is, as we've been reporting in our headlines this morning, 15% below the 13.5 million international visitors that hosted same period 2019, pre-pandemic. So there is scope for growth there. That's according, as we said, to the uh, Dubai Department of Economy and Tourism. Uh, Analysing this one, uh, Emirates MBD saying that Dubai's tourism sector has maintained its strong performance in 22 and has picked up pace as the final quarter of the year begins. Um, it, it does, you know, when you look outside and you think of how busy tourism is and seems to be here at the moment, we forget just how busy it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, I know that more facilities have opened and more things, uh, attractions have opened in the last, what is it, three, four years now since the end of 2019. But uh, the same breath, we've gone through significant changes in that whole time, COVID when no one was travelling, etc. And so the fact that to, to think that there is scope for growth, um, that 15 and 15 plus percent um, would uh, well certainly get hus- uh, hoteliers and those in hospitality rubbing their hands in glee at the moment. I've got another list for you. Do you want another list? Go. OK, the Deliveroo 100 is out. The Deliveroo 100 report is a list of the top dishes that have been ordered on the platform across the globe in 2022. Uh, the shawarma comes out on top. Uh, no way. Number one. Yeah, the humble shawarma made it in at the number one spot for the delivery 100. Alas, not from here. And this is a global report. It comes from, <laughs> from a restaurant in Paris, France. So you've got to go to Paris <laughs> for the best shawarma in uh, the world. Worry not, though, because... So this, is the, 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 this is the volume thing or a rating and ranking and what people rating, love? Rating, ranking, uh, who gets the stars, who doesn't get okay. the stars, etc. Right. Shawarma in Paris. Shawarma in Paris. That's a film in that, isn't there, surely? <laughs> Last La Shawarma in Paris. Yeah. What, what was all that springtime nonsense about? <laughs> uh, but there are a number of, uh, of Dubai ones that have got into the list, though. Uh, also, should say UAE ones that have got into the list. Uh, fourth globally, ranked fourth globally, uh, the Pickle Burger has come in. Uh, so yeah. that makes it into the top. Uh, My kids top are big 10. fan. 
Uh, next rank, 26th position, is uh, the McDonald's McChicken meal, but it has to be oh, from Dubai McDonald's. Come on. For some reason, it's better than others. Who knows? <laughs> uh, following them down the line, ranked at number 42, Zata Wazit, and their famous chicken. Uh, following in them was 48th position is Operation Falafel with their classic falafels. 53rd was Shake Shack. Uh, for the classic Shake Burger and High Joint at number 54 in the global list. Um, so, yeah, a few of the Dubai favourites getting on to that as well. So Manawish Street also making There's it a on. lot of bread involved in that. Jolly Bees. Um, it's, uh, not, it's not keto or Atkins, is it? A lot of bread. Uh, 23% of the spots on the list were chicken-based dishes. Go figure. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. To get some more detail on one of our top stories, net remittances set to rise from the UAE over the next 12 months. That's according to research by Western Union, one of the biggest companies in the business. Delighted to be joined in the Dubai Eye studio by the regional vice president for the Middle East, Pakistan and Afghanistan for Western Union, Hatem Sliman. Hatem, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So what's the story? So, uh, Richard, uh, you know, the remittances is, uh, represent a significant part of the global economy, right? So uh, if you take an example, let's take a step backward, in countries like um, Togo, Lebanon, represent the remittance represent about 50-48% of the GDP of that country. So they Almost do, half of the GDP? Almost half of the GDP in certain countries represent a significant chunk of the GDP. So it's, it's very important. So people do send money back home to support their family and, and so on and so forth. Um, we've been in the UAE for about 25 years. Uh, we operate with banks, we operate with FX houses. Uh, our partnership is continuing to grow and we're more focused on our consumer for the past 25 years. So recently we did a study in the UAE and we interviewed about 1,000 customers uh, just to uh, get a feeling of how do they see remittances, what do they feel like in the next 12 months, how is it going to be for them, what do they prefer to uh, to have as, a, as an option to send money, and so on and so forth. So that research um, gave us three main insights. They said, 76% of them, they said they tend to send more money in the next 12 months. And the reason of that is the inflation in receiving markets. So currency depreciation, inflation, that means that customers tend to support their family more. So that's number one. Number two, um, receiver becoming a more influential in the decision making when it comes to remittance. So receiver always wants to see how do they pick up the money on the receive side. So when you operate in the 200 countries, you want to make sure that your your family don't you know uh, drive two hours to pick up the money, so they want a choice, and this is where Western Union has been capitalizing on its uh, footprint, the uh, retail business, which is our uh, strong base retail business, and capitalizing on the digital business that's growing in the past ten fifteen years, uh, not only in the UAE but across the world. The third piece is uh, the festive season. So customers tend to send more during festive season, and we are in December, and this is a festive season. Uh, so we do see remittances growing about 6% uh, 
in in the festive season that means christmas ramadan and diwali and all these things okay so that's that's what's happening to remittances we expect them to increase over the past over the next 12 months talk me through the biggest destination countries from the uae i could probably have a good guess but if there's a league table what would those countries be receiving countries i'll let you guess i would put india at the top of that list Good job. Okay. So India is top of the list. I'd put, would I put Pakistan or the Philippines second? What do you reckon, Tom? Pakistan or the Philippines second? Pakistan. Pakistan. Uh, that's a good guess. Uh, so uh, the World Bank released the um, their forecast for 2022 last month in November, and India worldwide is number one. So India will receive a hundred billion dollar uh, in 2022, and followed by Mexico. That's a global. We're not talking about the UAE, followed by Mexico and then China and then uh, Egypt is number five. So worldwide from the UAE, you're right. India is number one and Egypt uh, is in the top five as well. So Pakistan, Philippines, in the top five as well. Uh, and it's, it's in line with the UAE demographic here. Uh, based on the migration, you know, UAE is a home for more than eight million migrants. And uh, that that represents about 80% of the population. Okay. Well, let's talk about how this industry is changing. Western Union is 171 years you've been around, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, and yet you're a, you, you, we could also describe you as a cutting-edge fintech company as well. This industry is changing. I'm interested, Hatem. How did the collapse of two big operators here, UAE Exchange and TravelX, under the Finabler, Uh, banner as part of Biarritz's empire. They were big players here. How has that shaken up the industry here? What's been the fallout? Let me comment on the uh, uh, the fintech. Western Union, I would consider Western Union is the oldest fintech in the world. So it's a 171 year old fintech player. Um, when we invented the uh, you know electronic money transfer long long time ago. Uh, that I consider that was a transformation in the uh, industry. Uh, so thank you for, for recognizing that. Uh, UAE Exchange and under Finabler, unfortunately, what happened is uh, something that the industry has witnessed. It wasn't expected, if I may say. Uh, but the central bank, the regulator here in the UAE, has done a great job in making sure that the consumer are not impacted by, by such a collapse. Uh, they have put their controls, governance in place, and we hope that one day UAE Exchange will come back. It's a prominent name in the industry, and uh, let's see the future, uh, what will hold. So you're going through a, a transformation plan at the moment at Western Union. This industry is changing rapidly. What are the big game-changing trends, and how are you as Western Union going to make sure that you are r- remain a fintech company that's still relevant rather than a, a, a Kodak or, the, or, goes, or a fax machine that goes out of business? Yes, that's, that's a great question. So, uh, you know, just like any industry, we are digitizing our business as well. Um, our retail business is very strong and we have started building our digital business over the past 10, 15 years. Today, our digital business represents about 25% of our revenue uh, globally. 
And similar in the UAE we and the region in the Middle East, across the Middle East, Kuwait, Qatar, and, and everywhere else, uh, we are building our digital business and it's growing in the high double digit. So we will continue to do that, uh, leveraging our retail uh, as the gateway to our digital business. And that's important. Not too many uh, players can do that. You know, when you have a strong retail business, and how you connect the retail to the digital footprint. We talked about the receiver influence and the customer choice. Customers still wants to receive in cash, and there are customers who wants to move into the digital. So it's important to provide customer choice in, in this industry. Katim Sliman from Western Union. Great talking to you. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for having me. Catch up on the business headlines with the Bite Size Business Breakfast. Talking the business of sport, the finance of football, Casper Stilsvig is the chief revenue officer at the Italian football club AC Milan. He's in Dubai and he's in our studio. Casper, good morning. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you for having us. It's a busy day for you. AC Milan here for the Super Cup. They're playing. Sports fans loving it. But you've been busy On the business side, first of all, AC Milan and Emirates extending their 15-year relationship and opening an office in Dubai to serve as a base for the club to further develop its commercial operations in the Middle East. Explain why Dubai is important commercially to AC Milan. I think first and foremost, we've been with Emirates since 2007. They've been a partner for us. Uh, We have a very close relationship with them. Dubai is the platform as we see it for the Middle East. And it's a unique opportunity to be able to extend the partnership with Emirates yet again. And one of the commitments we have is further develop the brand and the business in the region. And we think Dubai is the right place to be. Okay, well, so the Emirates deal we know about. It's been there for a long time, shirt sponsorships, other commercial operations. We get that. Airlines sponsor football clubs. Cool. What else can you do, though? What, what's the next steps? So I think that there's a lot to do, and, and we need to think like a brand. How do we develop our brand? For instance, we've been here, uh, we, we came uh, Sunday morning. We have a lot of activities, a lot of fan engagement. Fan engagement is very, very important because we need to think about, we have a following of more than 500 million fans globally, but only a small fraction of them will ever have an opportunity to come to San Siro. Yet again, they ever will have never an opportunity even to see the, the team playing live. So how can we bring the brand and the club closer to our fans in the region? And there's a lot of things we can do, everything from soccer schools. We've been here four times over the last year. We were a partner of the Expo, which was a huge success for us. So we, we need to sort of create this hype around the brand. But, but there are limits on the time of the players. They play a lot of football matches. They need time to rest. Yeah, sure, they, they have some commitments and sponsor commitments. But they can't, and I'm sure, you know, Shanghai will, will want them. And that's a huge opportunity. And I'm sure Los Angeles is a huge opportunity as well. There's only so much you can do because you've got to be in Milan playing football matches most weekends. Yeah, correct. But luckily, we are club with a huge roster of former players. So if you look at the players who have played for the club in history, it's astonishing. So what we did a year ago, we had a viewing party at the Expo where we had one of our legends attending, asking question, uh, sorry, answering questions and so forth. And Tom, actually, my colleague Tom Urquhart's here. He's the sports journalist. 
Uh, I don't want to give away confidences, but you did watch a game a couple of weeks ago with a person who genuinely deserves the word legend from AC Milan. We don't have to name him, <laughs> but he's a good player. Yeah, very much indeed. Yeah, I know that Paolo Maldini has spent plenty of time here in the region um, and has been obviously a great supporter of football and none more so than the Milan brand as well. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Legend. Legend. Proper legend. Proper legend. Yes. Good hair as well. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's talk about revenue. Your job title is Chief Revenue Officer. You previously, previously worked at... You started in in food and beverage, didn't you? Cadbury Sweeps? Yeah, Cadbury Sweeps. Then yeah. Manchester United and Fulham and now you're at AC Milan. How do you get AC Milan back into the the absolute top tier of revenue earners in Europe? I'm looking at the Deloitte Money League for 2022. And AC Milan's in the top 20, but I would argue maybe, you know, should be higher given its profile. 216 million euros of revenue for AC Milan, according to Deloitte. That's their figures. Manchester City at the top with more than 600 million euros of revenue 3x of what ac milan is doing i'm sure your job is to, is to bump milan up that list how do you do it so first and foremost when uh, we took over the club four, four years ago we were top 30 so we're going certainly in the right direction and we, we keep growing um there are various techniques we inherited a brand we sort of probably have lost its way a little bit uh, both on and on the on and off the pitch pitch and we've been developing this so the Emirates deal not disclosing any numbers but it's, con- it's considerably bigger than it was previously so keep adding new partners and adding other revenues we are in discussions with the community Milano about building a new stadium and for us to have a new stadium will give that trigger in order to come into somewhere at top five in the world in terms of revenue drivers. Top five is your ambition. At, at the moment, well, your former club, Manchester United, is number five with 558 million euros of revenue. That's still more than double AC Milan. But you think you can get there? I think we can get there because um, we, we have a strong brand, we have a strong ownership and we have a strong strategy. And I think a combination of that. But obviously, we also need to perform on the pitch. So we are back in the Champions League, which is also a, man, a revenue driver for us. I, I, I still remember, Tom, I think you're, I, I'm a bit older than you, but not much. I remember the Dutch Masters, Ruud Hullet. Do you remember those days, Casper? Absolutely. Oh, that was, that was a good AC Milan team, but they're a very good side at the moment. Um, last thing before we let you go, we've only got a minute left with you. Tom and I were chatting earlier on air. Why is AC Milan, the official name AC Milan, not AC Milano? Because that's what the Italians call it. And you've got a really good answer for us. Absolutely. Today's our 123rd birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. We were established by a gentleman from Nottingham 123 years ago. Nottingham in the United Kingdom? In the United Kingdom, yes. And initially, we were also a cricket club, obviously. But (laughs) I don't think that was a big success in Italy. So that's the reason we have adopted, uh, established initially as Milan, which is the English way of the name of the city. And that's why. And just finally, obviously, one more game for you guys today, and a big one as well. A little history between Liverpool and AC Milan in recent years. It's fantastic, yeah, it's fantastic. (laughs) It's it's never boring when those two teams playing. Looking forward to that game this evening? Absolutely. It's going to be a very, very intense game. 
Yeah, they're yeah. Uh, they're they're playing in the Super Cup, aren't they? I'm not sure if tickets are still available. You know, no, it's, it should be completely sold out for obvious reasons. Quite right, it's <laughs> yes. going to be an absolute belter. Casper, really appreciate your time this morning, getting up early. You're busy doing multi-million-dollar deals, but you've made time for us. Casper Stilsvig is the Chief Revenue Officer at AC Milan. It's been a pleasure talking to you. No, Thanks absolutely for your time. pleasure. Thank you for having us. Just the highlights. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast. A Euromonitor International have released their top 100 city destinations. Destinations Index 2022, uh, and uh, Dubai does well. In fact, it comes out of the second most attractive city destination in the world for tourism. In the world, that is. Not in the region, not in the MENA region, not in the Middle East or anything. In the world. Impressive figures um, to really cement what has been an impressive year for Dubai. Let's get more context on this one. Uh, Euromonitor's senior consultant, Rabia Yasmin, joins us now live in the studio. Rabia, thanks so much indeed for being with us. Thank you for having me. So why the index? Um, Why does Euromonitor do this index each year? Yeah, so Euromonitor's Top 100 City Destination Index is one of our flagship publications that we do on an annual basis. And the aim is to look at the tourism performance of cities, not only from the perspective of a single metric, such as inbound or international tourism arrivals, but rather looking at cities in a more holistic way. We look at a broad range of pillars and wider data sets to look at how cities are performing on economic and business uh, indicators, on tourism infrastructure, policy and attractiveness, health and safety, because in an essence, it's really important to see holistically and in a long-term perspective um, so we can really see how cities are en route to have sustainable tourism um, you know, progress. I want to ask you about trends at the moment. You just mentioned sustainability there. Obviously, one of the significant trends in the, in, the world, in, the, in the world of business at the moment across industry. Does this index give you an idea as to some of the sort of travel and tourism trends that are developing around the world? And if so, what have you seen from this survey? Yeah, so definitely. Um, so this year, if you look at overall performance of the travel and tourism, 2022 was a great year. We mm. saw inbound tourism revenues growing by 122% which uh, is great news uh, on the back of the two years that we saw um, being impacted from the pandemic. And overall, 45 cities improved their ranks uh, during the year. From the sustainability point of view, we really do see some shifts in consumer behavior. Uh, People are looking for destinations that are offering more uh, sustainable solutions. This can be translated in the types of lodging facilities they choose and the type of airlines they choose. It could be shorter haul, uh, more to close to nature, um, focusing on relaxing um, and all, all those trends. And we're also seeing that industry players are also looking at these trends to try and build those things in, in their offerings. Um, looking at the top 10, it reads like a who's who of international cities. New York, Barcelona, Berlin, Munich, London, Rome, Madrid. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? Amsterdam. Uh, that's all the way down to number two. And then, of course, our very own Dubai yeah. in at number two. Why? So... Broadly, if you look at the regional coverage of of the index, there is a major dominance from Europe. 
like if you I'm just putting some perspective here and with 40 cities and then 26 cities are from Asia. And if you look at the top 10, eight cities are from Europe mm. and Dubai reaches the second most um, best performing city. As you said, it's not regionally, it's not Middle East, it's on the world. And um, if you look at only the international arrivals that Dubai saw during this year, it was over 12 million and it ranks first globally with international arrivals only. Dubai made huge strides in terms of health and safety. Um, we, um, we saw a lot of uh, protocols being in place well in advance. And during this year, there was a lot of maturity in terms of how the execution of all those protocols happened that helped facilitated a lot of uh, mice um, tourism as well. So not only leisure, but also we saw the return of mice tourism. Dubai is now one of the leading uh, attractions for conferences to be held here. And we saw uh, a great number of uh, conferences being held in Dubai that also brought in global um, mm. Yeah, we like to celebrate all things Dubai and we will continue to do exactly that as well. Lest we forget as well, uh, 14 destinations from Middle East and Africa featuring in the top 100 city destinations index this year as well. But Dubai top of that list. Um, I suppose the next question is, yeah, I get it to a certain degree. We're early adopters in terms of opening up 2022, as you mentioned and seen. We we got that sort of trend of revenge tourism, almost people wanting to get away because they've been locked down for, in lockdown for a while. Is it going to continue? Yes. So if you look at the global perspective here, there are major trends that we are seeing. And for example, in Europe, Ukraine-Russia war is one aspect that's impacting a lot of tourism flows in that region. And also uh, there is rising inflation and other macroeconomic challenges that a lot of other regions would be facing. Asia was down this year because different cities and countries were not really open. So there was mixed performance over there. Uh, so we can say Dubai had some advantage, like net advantage, in terms of being the choice, uh, uh, destination choice for this year. Next year, we do expect, like with the opening of China and Japan, some of the demand would be shifting uh, towards Asia. But I think Dubai would really uh, keep, stay in the limelight. Last one for you, if it's OK, because we've got about 30 seconds left. And there's a conversation Richard and I were just having there about Qatar hosting the World Cup. And, of course, the Middle East hosting the World Cup yeah. for the very first time. Is that or could that potentially have a boom with more eyeballs onto the region, which could prompt more people to visit? Uh, yes. So not only FIFA, actually, we were seeing uh, interest in sports tourism towards the region even before. You saw Saudi Arabia bidding for a lot of uh, sports events. And coming on the back of it, uh, Saudi Arabia has already bid for the 2030 FIFA. So definitely uh, more eyes would be on the region, given our infrastructure and performance. Tom, question coming in from Kyron. Who's number one? Paris. There we are. Uh, Rabir says it all there. <laughs> Paris coming out number one. I'm sure we can do something about that for next year, though, yeah. can't we? Dubai <laughs> continues the same way. Who knows what next year, yeah? yeah? Definitely. The index will be back next year, that's for Definitely. sure. Uh, thank you so much indeed for joining thank us you for having live me. here in the studio. Rabia Yasmin joining us live here. Euromonitor, senior consultant. Dubai pipped at the post by Paris. Could do better next year. Well, I remember that we, we got pipped at the post by Valencia for a survey a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and we were going to send an armada. Yeah, that's we? right. So we'll do the same with Paris. It, exactly that. Yeah, we will do that. We will sort it out. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.